Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, it says, Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance and on every occasion, even to the end of the age." Wow, isn't that a great promise? Whether you're in the eye or in the cyclone or the storm or wherever we are, God says, I'm with you and his presence is with us. Last Sunday, we had the joy of baptizing 10 people in water. What a great joy that was. And I've seen some of them here in church already today just to celebrate and watch the blessing of God and the joy and the freedom over their hearts of uh, being baptized. But here Jesus came and said, all authority, all power, was given to, to him, and now he's passing it on to us, his disciples. And sometimes we don't understand what we have out of lack of understanding, or we just get distracted and forget the authority and power that we have. In Mark 10, Matthew 10, verse 1, Jesus had been out praying for the sick, seeing people set free from darkness, and Jesus pointed his 12 disciples and said, It's your turn now, guys. So it says he called them in, gave them the command, and sent them out. Matthew 10, 1, it says, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples. He didn't just ask them, he summoned them. And gave them authority and power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Wow, every kind, not just, not just a headache or a sore back, every kind of illness, every time kind of sickness, and to break and destroy the works of the evil one. Wow, these guys have just been hanging out with Jesus for a year or two. And now they're thrust out. And we read in, in uh, Luke where they came back rejoicing and said, well, people are getting healed. The miracles are happening. Demons are fleeing out of people's lives. And Jesus celebrated and says, it's awesome. You're learning to step out and live in that authority. God's given us the same command to live out his kingdom, to share the gospel, to pray for the sick, to minister life. It's interesting to note Jesus said, I give you all authority and power. It's very interesting. The word authority is exousia in the original language, and power is dunamis. Dunamis is um, the, the power, the dynamite power. Exousia is the, the authority. And you say, well, what's the difference? The easiest way to explain it is for a, a, a policeman or a woman. They have their uniform on and their cap, and they have the authority. They've been commissioned and trained, and they have the authority to exercise their position of influence and authority. And that's who they are. So you can have, you know, a policeman jump out in front of a 50-ton semi-trailer coming down the road and the policeman puts his hands up and stands in front of that truck and that truck usually will stop. Why? Because if the truck driver doesn't, he knows he's in trouble because there's an authority invested in that police. The, the bridge might be out around the corner, so he's helping save someone's life. The power is the gun or the taser he's got in his belt to carry out his position of authority. So Jesus said, I've given you 
all authority, which means you are your relationship with God through Jesus, gives you the authority as a believer to live out all of His promises, all that He's purchased for us on the cross, all the benefits and blessings of having a relationship with our God through Jesus Christ and by the power of the Spirit. That's our relationship of authority and you don't have to question or argue it. The enemy will try and whisper and shout and get you to forget who you are. So he attacks your identity and then he'll try and lie to you. You're not strong enough and you're not spiritual enough and you're not powerful enough. Jesus sent him out and said, you've got all authority and all power. He equips us to live a life of freedom and fulfillment. The enemy's there to try and rob us from it, but that's the power and authority. I had my first ride in a police car this week. In the back seat, but I didn't have handcuffs on. <laughs> Helping Elaine out the other night to go to the hospital. And, and I thought, wow. And I just watched those policemen and women function. I thought, wow, we need to pray for them. They do an amazing job in the midst of very difficult, challenging circumstances. And I think, wow, they have the authority and the power. As believers, we have the authority and power, and we need to step up into it. Matthew 9, Jesus explains this in the story. And Jesus, getting into a boat, crossed over the Sea of Galilee and came to Capernaum, his own city. They brought to him a man who was paralyzed, lying on a stretcher. Seeing their active faith, I like that. Faith is not just some words or a song, it's action. Spring, springing from confidence in him, Jesus said to the paralytic, Do not be afraid, son, your sins are forgiven, the penalty is paid, the guilt removed, and you are declared to be in right standing with God. And some of the scribes said to themselves, This man blasphemes by claiming the rights and prerogatives of God. They just couldn't get their head around that Jesus was the Son of God and He came with His authority to forgive sins. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, uh-oh, God knows even your thoughts. Sometimes we think God's not watching when we do stuff. He knows your thoughts, not alone what you do. Why do you think evil in your hearts? For what is easier to say, your sins are forgiven and the penalty paid, or to say, get up and walk? Both are possible for God, both are impossible for man. That's so true. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority and the power on earth to forgive sins. So there's the authority and the power. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. I think the four guys are celebrating. They didn't have to carry him back home. <laughs> and the, the Mark version of this story is where the house was crowded and they had to climb up on the roof and rip a hole in the roof and lay, let him down on a stretcher. It's the same story. They just, this, Matthew just didn't include those extra details. But that's what happened. And it says, And he got up and went home healed and forgiven. Forgiven, his relationship, his authorities there, healed the power to set him free. When the crowd saw this, they were awestruck and glorified God and praised him who had given such authority and power to men. Wow. God wants us to realize He's given us authority and power. How long is it since you've seen people awestruck because of God's grace or presence or power? Oh, we need to see that. We need to see it more and more. Sometimes they're awestruck 
when we do a baptism, they say, wow, six months ago, this person was in craziness and destruction, and here they are smiling and free. People are awestruck with a changed life. They're awestruck when a family gets sorted out. They're awestruck when a miracle of healing breaks loose. Let me tell you, the days are coming where there's going to be a whole lot more people awestruck because God's presence and power is coming. Andrew Kabbalah that we heard at uh, uh, Bundaberg, I had a chat with him. He's a traveling healing evangelist. He was in South Africa last weekend and he saw a lady, hadn't walked for 10 years, jump out of the wheelchair and run around the church. He's had 54 people get out of wheelchairs in the last year. The year before it was 20, the year before it was three. He said, something's breaking loose. They had 1,200 recorded decisions for Christ in that church alone last Sunday in South Africa. 1,200. He got up in before the service. He, he, pray, he prayed before. So he says, Lord, how many are you going to come into the kingdom this, today? And the Holy Spirit said, 1,200. That's what you need to believe for. He said there was about 1,800 people put their hands up, but there was 1,200 recorded decisions for Christ last Sunday in that one church alone. Let me tell you, the kingdom of God is starting to expand and release, and we need to get ready, folks, because God is coming in power, and there's going to be a whole lot of people and communities become awestruck at what God is doing and going to do. And I just see the power and grace of God. The authority has been given and the power is released. And it's going to be accelerated when we understand who we are in Christ, the authority we have, so that we're not beaten up and boxed around the ears by the enemy's lies and schemes, but we have the authority and the power, the Word of God, the name of Christ, the, the authority of the Spirit of God within us, the gifts and power of the Spirit of God. I say, Lord, 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 you are at work. And yesterday, Andy Kabbalah prayed for the men and we were stirred up and he prayed for us. And, and before he knew who I really was, he had a prophetic word over me as he's in the line and I felt the power of God come. And he said, I see a prophetic voice within that's going to be released and I see many miracles and supernatural signs, and many will travel from afar to come to this, your church to see what God's going to do and be healed. And he spoke that over me yesterday, and, that was, and without knowing who I really was, and I said, God, that's your word, that's your word. That, folks, we're going to see the signs and wonders. The enemy contends with it. This year, I started this year with great faith and fire. Then that same day, we find out Mary Lynn had... Um, an operation on a thyroid and, and uh, a cancerous growth there. And, and then there's all, we've had all these other contentions and challenges and change. But I said, God, you're at work. The enemy tries to distract us, get us off track. And some of you have been through great challenges. But let me tell you, God's greater. And the enemy comes to try and lie to us and steal from us. But we've got to step up and keep moving forward in what God's called us to do. And I talked with Andrew over lunch yesterday, and I asked him, when I get close enough to a, a man of God that's flowing in the supernatural, I say, tell me, tell me how it works for you. He said, one of the things that happens, when he calls out a word and I can get someone up on stage, and he's seen thousands of miracles already, but he said, still nearly every time, the enemy comes and starts to hound him as he's about to believe for the miracle. And lie to him and say, you're going to make a fool of yourself. Don't do this in front of people. 
I said, really, that's still happening? He says, yep, it's still as strong as ever, but I rebuke that and cast it off, and I say in Jesus' name, be healed. I thought, God, so it's not, don't let the enemy contend with you and scare you or bring fear or get you to back off. We've got to realize we live as men and women of the Spirit, and we see with the eyes of faith, we're led by the Spirit, don't just be led by circumstances or what you see around you. Because the enemy will try and contend with us and scare us out of what God's called us to be and to do. And he says, let's arise in our authority. God wants us to be hungry and expecting more of God in our life. Don't be comfortable and settled. Uh-oh. We all love to have comfort and be settled. But we're, the, the world is rapidly changing. Things are happening so fast. There's a lot of people desperate for answers. And we've got the river of life and God wants to flow it through you and I. He wants us to have clean lives. He wants us to have surrendered lives. And let me tell you, we need to be hungry for more. Don't settle where you are. God keeps stirring Marilyn and I. And don't settle. Many years ago, a prophet spoke over our lives and he says, Pastor David Carter said, God's going to use you and there's going to be lots of people get restored and transformed and released. And then he said, don't settle. Not once, but six times in the prophecy, he said, don't settle. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for what's comfortable. Don't settle for what other people say is good. Don't settle until you fulfill all I've called you to do. That's 27 years ago. And I still keep pressing through and say, don't settle. Don't settle for where you are. Keep pressing in. Keep reaching up. Because let me tell you, the kingdom of God is going to be manifest. We're going to see the most amazing things happen over the next months and years in our nation and around the world. Because God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And we haven't seen that yet. We have not seen the Holy Spirit poured out on all people. But we're going to. And God wants you and I to be right in the front and center of it. Fulfilling our God-given call and destiny. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. It's not how gifted or clever or how much you know. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that will propel you forward, that will stir up your soul, that will keep us moving forward no matter what opposition or disappointments come our way. And we've got to keep pressing in. Just uh, Friday week ago, God really got on my case and stirred me up because there's been plenty of challenges this year already. And I thought, God, but he got on my case. I was walking up and down the aisle and the Spirit of God stirred me up and says, you've got to contend for this. You've got to start to prophesy and believe for what God's called you to step into and what your church and what our city's to be. Don't settle back. Keep on going for it. And the Spirit of God started to really stir my heart. And for the last 10 days, I just can't settle because God says, come on, don't settle. No matter what comes against you, keep on moving forward because my, my Spirit is at work. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart... Not your physical eyes, the eyes of your heart. What do you see with your spirit? What do you see from your heart? What do you see from God's perspective, not just physically with our eyes? That the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order to, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, 
and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Folks, we need to read some of these verses until they are so burning in our heart and they affect what we see around us. Oh, God. We need to see with the eyes of faith. Matthew 16, 19. Jesus said, I will give you the keys, the authority of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful on earth will have already been loosened in heaven. Wow, we don't understand the power of that sometimes as we speak into our families and our lives and our minds and our our communities, our workplaces. God, there is great authority and power in word and in action. There is prophetic life released. In the beginning, God said, and there was light, there was creation. You frame your world by the words that you speak. You frame how your life looks and how it looks to others by the words you declare over yourself and others. And we forget how powerful that is. How powerful it is. God help us to live in that freedom. Secondly, you need to stir up the gift within you. The Bible says to fan it into flame. Fan it into flame. That's what happens when we come to church and the worship team starts worshiping and the presence of God starts to fill our hearts. All of a sudden, things start to lift. Your spirit and soul becomes alive. Your body gets quickened. And when you're in uh, your life group or in your, your prayer and your devotions at home, your, your spirit gets fired up. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, something happens. It says it builds up your faith. Don't let stuff get on top of you. Get that fire and that life of the spirit. Stir it up. Fan the flame. God will use others to do it, but he says sometimes you've just got to do it yourself. David encouraged himself in the Lord when they're about to stone him and all his people are going to leave him. It says David encouraged and stirred up his spirit in God and then all of a sudden God gave him strength and wisdom to go and win the victory and get all their families back and all their possessions. Stir up the gift. When God commissions leaders, he also releases a mantle of favor and authority on them. God never grants someone an assignment without giving him or her the ability to complete it. Wow, if God's called you to be a parent, he'll give you the ability to be the best parent possible for those kids. If he's called you to be leading a ministry or on a team, he's going to equip you with the strength and capacity to do it. You won't always be exhausted. You won't always be overwhelmed. When you understand your authority and power, you will realize that you can do it. You can do it no matter what your personality type, no matter what other people say, God breaks you strong on the inside. When you know who you are in Christ, you get bigger on the inside. You get bigger and bigger on the inside. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to burst because my spirit's just getting big and strong on the inside. And God wants you to feel that way. Sometimes when you're worshiping or praying, you just feel this strength surging. Every now and then I feel like I've been plugged into a a power socket. There's power vaults running through me because your spirit just comes alive. Because God's the source of all power. And he's got transformers lined up so that it doesn't blow you apart. Thank God. 
He downloads the power for your capacity and what you need right now so that when you pray for others, it doesn't destroy them, but it releases power and life. Whatever level you have, I, I, God's stirring our hearts to step up and step out, to live out what he's called us to do. The enemy's contending stronger than ever with the family of God, with the body of Christ, but we have to press through because no weapon formed against us will succeed. But you've got to see by the eye of faith that we are in the eye of the storm and God's blessings with us. And then you help rescue and reach others who might be caught in the storms of sin and darkness around our lives. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive, you will receive power and ability. Oh, I love that. God says, I'll give you power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. Oh, we need power encounters. We need love encounters. We need grace encounters to overflow our lives. Acts 2.17, in the last days... I've got a feeling we might be heading that direction, hey? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. People in Harvey Bay, the Fraser Coast, young people, older people, rich and poor, single people, married people, every nationality. I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. I'm really worried because I'm having more dreams than visions these days. <laughs> Somewhere we crossed a line, I don't know where it was, but... <laughs> When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll, I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below. Folks, we are seeing that and it's going to rapidly, rapidly increase. Oh, there's a contention for the kingdom of people's hearts. What's the kingdom of God? It's wherever the king rules. Kingdom is means the domain where the king rules. And does he rule in our hearts and our lives? Does he rule in our church and our community? Let me tell you, God's going to show us how to live out that a kingdom of authority. We need to sometimes stand up and defeat the enemy. The enemy contends. Are you going to bow down? Are you going to let fear and torment rob from you? Or are you going to face that sucker and say, in Jesus' name, enough. I'm not listening to your lies and your fear and your torment and attacking my identity, my authority in Christ, and my power, my strength, or my weakness. In Jesus, we're overcomers. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with, are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Wow, the battle's up here and in here. And if we win that every day, let me tell you, we'll also touch many more people around our lives 
because there's so many people searching for love, hope, truth, stability, consistency, faithfulness. They want hope and grace. And you and I have it. As we come to the end of a message, I just want to look at Ezekiel 47 for a moment about the river of living water. I was reading a book recently, and this prophetic guy, about 10 years ago, got up to prophesy in the Bible college he was lecturing about the pool of Siloam and when the water stirred and people came and got healed. And he was going to prophesy about how the church was that pool and people could come, and the Holy Spirit says, "Uh uh-uh, that's what it was. Turn to Ezekiel 47 now. This is the word of the Lord, the river that flows from the sanctuary out into the world. People come on church on Sunday. We come to be inspired, blessed, equipped, strengthened, supported, loved in the family. And then God sends us out to live and carry the river of living water. I just want to read those few verses out of Ezekiel 47. This is the picture of the church and of your life and mine now. Verse 6. He said, Son of man, have you had a good look? He took me back to the riverbank. While sitting on the bank, I noticed a lot of trees on both sides of the river. If you read the first five verses, he took him a kilometer further down the river, got deeper. Remember, it's up to his ankles and his knees and his waist. And then it's up to his neck and next minute he's swimming. The further he went from the sanctuary, the deeper the river came. We've got this concept, the closer you are to church, then the stronger you are. You are equipped and blessed. We come and live out our life. But then when we go out, the river actually gets stronger and deeper as we carry it and live in the overflow. It's a totally different picture to what sometimes we have prophetically understood. doesn't mean you don't come to church. We come more often because we get strengthened and we're out there letting the river flow. And the further... He went from the sanctuary, the greater and deeper the river flowed. I thought, wow, wow. You don't sort of stagger back on Sundays to say, ah, feed me, give me a drink because I've had a tough week. We do that sometimes. But hey, if we get this understanding that when you flow in what God's called you to do, the river and blessing and strength of God, you can't wait to get to church to share another story of what God's done. It's a whole different mindset and this is what God spoke to this prophet. He said, this water flows and descends the Arabah and then into the sea, the sea of stagnant waters. When it empties into these waters, the sea will become fresh. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Great schools of fish. Fish, prophetically in the Bible, speak of people. Because the river is running, is turning the salt sea into fresh water. You're bringing life to the brokenness in your classroom. You're bringing hope to your neighborhood because you come to the sanctuary, get refreshed, and the river flows out deeper and more powerful when we let it flow. And we don't lock it up inside. I can can see it now. I can see this river flowing all across our city. I can see it flowing through your life and in your neighborhood, to your classroom, to your Family, I can see the river flowing. Can you see it? I see it right now in the Spirit. It says, where the river flows, life abounds. Fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder along the shore from Engedi all the way north to Eneglium. Casting the nets, the sea will teem with fish of all kinds like the fish of the great Mediterranean. (coughs) The swamps and marshes won't become fresh. They'll stay salty. 
If you don't get connected to the river of life, you'll stay salty and stagnant. Oh, God, let us, let us a church never be that. Let our lives never get disconnected. The enemy will try and disconnect you through offense or disappointment or discouragement or lies. Don't be disconnected because you'll just become a salty swamp. No one wants to drink from that. But when you're connected to the river of living water, there's life. Everyone wants to come and drink and partake of that love, that hope, that freedom. It goes on. But the river itself on both banks will grow fruit trees of all kinds. Their leaves won't wither. The fruit won't fail. Every month they'll bear fresh fruit because the river from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be food and their leaves for healing. Oh, can you see this? Can you see this? The river flows from the sanctuary, which is God's presence. So every day in your devotion, <coughs> you're tapping into the fresh river saying, Lord, refresh the river in me. Lord, I'm tapping into your presence. We come to church. We gather in our life groups and our ministry groups and prayer groups. We come and the river is refreshed and strengthened and gets deeper. And then we go out and we don't get depleted. It actually gets more. Look at this mindset. If we pour it all out, then we run out. God says, no, no, that's not how it works. It says, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. The more you give, the more you've got to give. It's a spiritual inversion of mathematics. See, we just think naturally, if I give all this out, I'll have nothing left. God works the other way. He says, the more you give, if you keep tapping in the river, you're going to have more to give. It's a spiritual transaction. Doesn't matter about your personality, your gift mix, your mindsets. It says, if you understand this, you'll never run the dry. And yet we've listened to natural reasoning and think, well, if I give that out and I get involved in that area of ministry, I'm going to be drained all the time. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you learn to refresh your soul in the spirit, let me tell you, you'll just keep on running. We have saddled for less. And as a church, God's stirring us to step up. And step out and let the river flow. Don't be self-protecting. We've we, we got to walk with boundaries and wisdom. But we get into self-protection sometimes. And God says, the river, my life is in your hands. Oh, God, help us to understand this spiritual principle that as we give, the river gets deeper and stronger. And managing our emotions and our energy and our health and be good stewards of all that. But often we have limited thinking and don't understand how this spiritual principle works. I know it works. I got on a missions trip. Tim and I are heading off to Thailand Monday week. Tim's first missions trip. Pray for him. I haven't told him the whole story, so we'll get him there and then I'll tell him the rest. He thinks we're going to a nice motel and town just outside of Chiang Mai, but we haven't told him about the, the jungle trips and the who knows what we'll do, do be doing. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> Dr. Scholler's laughing. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. But I've learned when I go on a missions trip and I start preaching, I'll be preaching two or three times a day. The river flows. I get an extra hour's sleep. And, and it just keeps flowing. The anointing gets stronger. The river gets more powerful. And I come back refreshed and inspired after doing that. You say, how does that work? It's because I've learned this principle of the river. 
When you release and share what you have and you're doing it in your spirit, not your natural strength or emotional mind, you tap into that river and let me tell you, you just get this energy and there's life and there's power. You say, well, that's just because that's you. No, it's not just because me because I know how this works. And some of you have discovered that and some of you haven't yet. Took me a while to learn it. Let me tell you, it's the most exciting thing. You don't have to be drained all the time. You can be refreshed. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us. Let's stand in His presence. Oh, God, you're so good. We're overcomers in Christ. We're sons and daughters of God through Christ. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 